Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored as always by Greening Law. A personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas, Greening Law will fight that legal battle so you can have time for healing and renewal. But right now, the moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast version 240, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertain people. And we are going to dazzle and entertain you today. And it's funny, just right off the top, that reminded me, our old producer, Alan Fall, who we worked with when we were doing the radio show at ESPN, he texted me this morning, just totally out of the blue, right before my radio show here in Birmingham, said, don't forget to entertain and dazzle today. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of where that comes from, because he would always say that. Matter of fact, this may be another... This may be another another time this is me and Matt making fun of somebody for yelling at us about something. It's true. <laughs> I, that's what it seems like to me that he used to say that all the time. Say, okay, fine, we'll just add it to our intro. Yeah, and that's, I was like, yeah, well, then that's exactly what we'll do, you know, so. Nah, this is me and Matt at our finest, always fucking with people. No, but it's true, man, and, and <laughs> Alan was, I loved Alan. He he was a wonderful producer, and I thought, you know, I'll, I'll text him every once in a while, and I hadn't, I hadn't talked to him in probably three months or so, and I thought just this morning that he sent me that, that was pretty cool. Nah, he was a, uh, he used to drive me crazy. But he was great at what he did, so I appreciated it, and I forgave him for the times he drove oh, me crazy. Fair enough. A lot of truth I, to that. And I drove him crazy quite a bit, too. Yeah, you did. You did indeed. <laughs> <laughs> for a I was, variety I was, of reasons. I was being your classic uh, talent a-hole sometimes. Well, it's okay. It happens from, to the best of us from time to time. <laughs> just sometimes, not all the time. No, I mean, it, what just, are you going to do? Sometimes I walk around with that big dick energy and, you know. Yeah, it happens. And and there are some, <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you, I've been around radio a long ass time, man. And there are some people who the, the egos they carry through the door are, it's just <laughs> impressive. I mean, it, and it, I never got that. I mean, at times, maybe a little bit from you working with you, but not like the way that other people can be. It, it's, it's just interesting. Well, yeah, that's why I said on the on the on the real ego scale, it really wasn't that big. But yes, I I can't walk around with that BDE from time to nah, time. I mean, I mean, I, this is I mean, what a bizarre start to the podcast. But I'm telling you, <laughs> I forgot we just started talking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are people in radio, and I've I've been around them. I've worked at stations where they've been. 
that will say their show starts at 6 a.m. They'll show up at 6.02 a.m. And they they their thing is the producer just give has prepped the show for them and hands them stuff when they walk in the door. And they'll kind of leaf through the stuff they printed out and do the show off of that. <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine. That it. blows my mind. And that then you get irritated because it's like, well, why in the world are we paying that person that much to do something <laughs> he obviously doesn't care about? No, exactly. Because if you cared... You you put in the time right to prepare, and it's that's amazing. what I mean. That's what it's all about. It's uh, it is radio preparation, something else too. So. It is, man. I mean, it it's a lot. It it you gotta build it out and do different things. And I spend a lot of time every day doing that. And and we, so did both of us back when we were doing the show together. But that's just a little curtain pull. And, and I'll tell you somebody else. <laughs> I tell you somebody who is gonna work for you, who does do all the prep that's necessary, and that's Greening Law. And again, if you've been hurt in a car accident or experienced malpractice from a physician or a hospital, if you were injured on the premises of a business, you very possibly may have a case. And I can tell you this, there's a lot of things. My car accident coming up was 10 months ago. 10 months ago was my car accident. And we're still going through the process. And I got to tell you, man, without greening law and and the work that they've been doing for me, I think I would have pulled my hair completely out by now. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the beauty of greening law. And the green team. And that's why you want somebody working for you and with you when you have these kind of circumstances. Uh, because you want somebody looking out for your best interest. The other insurance company, they don't care about you. They're trying to work for their client. And so you need somebody that can do the Muhammad Ali to their Joe Frazier. How about that? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what the green team does, man. And a lot of that is being your advocate, which is, you know, answering questions, giving you answers, telling you, hey, expect this, expect that, walking you through what can be kind of a scary process. And all it takes really is a phone call. That's very true because that consultation, the initial consultation is absolutely free and you don't pay a thing unless they get compensated. So important to keep that in mind. If you think you've got a case, find out and and perhaps they can help you as well. 972-934-8900. It's 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening. Call him now. Offices, Dallas, Texas. So we got to start with this because this is one of those things. This is what is known in a lot of the realm of sports talk radio as a dead zone. And I say that because football is not happening. And football drives ratings on television. It drives ratings in radio. And so a lot of these talking heads, like the NBA playoffs has got a little something. The NHL playoffs, a little something. But collectively, even combined, they they don't even come close to touching what the football provides for content for those types of things. So what happens is every so often somebody will say or do something that most of the time I see it and I go, oh, whatever. And the next thing you know, it's everywhere. (laughs) National shows are talking about it. These guys are doing this. Literally, I had people that messaged me and text me about this. And yes, we are talking about Dallas Mayor Eric Johnson, who out of the blue last week in response to a series of tweets for the NFL on CBS... Eric Johnson basically pitched the idea on Twitter of adding an expansion franchise in Dallas. And I was just like, bro, what are you talking about? What are you, <laughs> so was what are, I. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, what are we doing, man? Yep. You know, sometimes I send my, my dude a text on a rare occasion. He makes a, a mild mistake. And I, 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 the text goes, what are you doing, bro? I mean, what's up? And I felt like sending Eric Johnson a tweet like that. Like, what are you doing, bro? What, mm-hmm. What's up with that, man? Don't, I mean, 
like like what are you doing like bro there's there's i mean there's better stuff you could do with your time um and i don't know if that was an attention grab or if he really thinks dallas needs two teams because if you have if he does you don't have any idea about Jerry Jones and what he's all about when it comes to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it, it just didn't. Well, one, before we go down the route of, of all that, let's. The tweets from Johnson and the idea that I guess for him, he's the mayor of Dallas. There is not a team in the city of Dallas, it is in Arlington. And I believe it's also in Tarrant County, isn't it? True. true so it's true. not even Dallas County. And so what happened was the NFL on CBS tweeted out. If the NFL announced a new expansion team, what city do you think most deserves it? And Mayor Johnson responds, the answer is Dallas. Why? We are about to pass the Chicago Metro and become the number three Metro in the U.S., which would make us the largest U.S. Metro without two teams, obviously behind New York and L.A. Football is king here. Dallas needs an expansion team. We would be able to sustain it better than L.A. or New York. We need an AFC team that plays in South Dallas. It would never want for a fan base or attendance or support from the city of Dallas. And who wouldn't want to see a Dallas versus Dallas Super Bowl hosted in the city of Dallas? And then, of course, people are tweeting at him basically like what you're talking about. Are you crazy? Are you on what are you smoking? Those types of things. And I was not one of them, though. I should have been. So some of what you just brought up about Jerry Jones, which is what I brought up immediately to people that texted me about it. Johnson responds to this. So far, the main reason I hear for why this can't happen is because of Jerry Jones. Well, first, let's not put words in Mr. Jones's mouth. Second, second, I work for the residents of Dallas, not Jerry Jones. Okay, fair. Third, and again, again, what are we doing? Third, as he points out, other NFL team owners also do not work for Jerry Jones, but themselves... If a deal can be made that benefits the NFL, the other owners, the city of Dallas, and possibly the Cowboys, it's a no-brainer. But here's the rub. If it benefits all the stakeholders I just mentioned except Jerry Jones, does that mean a deal couldn't happen? Yeah, Yeah, it does. (laughs) That's exactly what it means. (laughs) Jerry Jones is like the most powerful owner in the entire league. Bro, and it's... um... You know, if you just do just a just some cursory research, not only is he the most uh, powerful owner in the league because of his power of persuasion and his pocketbook, but look at his history with the league. Everything he's done, seriously, uh, from a money marketing standpoint, has been in the Cowboys' own best interest. That's why they have their own independent licensing agreement. They're not with the other thirty-one teams when it comes to licensing. Mm-hmm. That's why they have all their stuff is attached to AT&T Stadium because they have the official drink of AT&T Stadium apart, above, and separate from, uh, you know, what what the NFL does. And they did that back in 1995 when they sued the league or the league sued them. So he's never gone with the group when it comes to money and marketing and all those things. So there's no way in the world he would go with the group that said, hey, let's try to put another team in Dallas. Yeah, uh, it, he don't even want a team in San Antonio, bro. That's what I somebody messaged me and I said, there's no way in hell this is happening. He wouldn't even allow a team in San Antonio. Why on earth would he allow another one in Dallas? I don't think honestly, and I think the NFL would love to expand internationally. I don't think Jerry would allow a team in Mexico City. No. And the funniest part of this, though, is he takes his ass to L.A. every year and infringes on the rights of the Rams. <laughs> <and the Chargers. laughs> I mean, 
the, the reality of it is, and maybe once Jerry passes on, the, the, the collective ownership won't look at Steven in the same way that they look at Jerry. But as long as Jerry Jones is alive, there is no way that this is even a conversation. No, no. What it'll be is I'll write something good for y'all to read tomorrow morning. And y'all can go click on it and, uh, and have a good <laughs> go laugh. click on it. And, and put a couple dollars in your boy's pocket. Um, there you go. And, 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 and I'll, I'll break it down for you there. More of what we're talking about here. But it's, I mean, it's just insane, bro. Yeah, when, uh, when I saw that. And it is amazing because, and again, like some of the people, you know how it is. Like when it, it's the same with you. Like when you do stuff in the media, you have people that aren't in or have been around Dallas much and like in radio it's the same way so I had a couple of radio friends that had texted me about it and, and were like man what do you think about this and I was like what are, are you like and then I realized okay well you've never been to Texas or maybe you visited but you've never lived there you know you're kind of watching this from afar like a lot of people do and maybe you right. don't understand that there is no way in hell this is happening like it's it's not even worth I don't even know how you do a segment on on your radio show <laughs> I mean, to me, it's like, a, you know, like, honestly, if and I would be surprised, you know, I'm sure the ticket and the fan might have talked about it, but you would think briefly and they kind of chuckled and moved on. Bro, uh, I think they did chuckle on it on the ticket. Uh, but I can't remember that. I mean, just, they certainly didn't make a big deal about it. No, and you can't. Uh, no, you can't unless you're ESPN probably made a big deal about it. National ESPN radio, because. And I'm taking a quick exit rant. They made a big deal about Chris Woodward saying yeah, when the Rangers yeah. lost the other day, one nothing on a short porch homer, which it was. They're like, oh, that – I mean, Kellerman and those guys, I mean, like, what are y'all doing, man? That was just an off-the-cuff comment. It doesn't really matter. And they spent 15 minutes on it, bro, which is the epitome of what you're talking about, feeling dead time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and the ridiculous thing is because some of the guys here played that comment that Woodward made, and I said, well, you, are you guys going to play the comment that he made after the second game when he said he was just joking and didn't realize people were going to take it seriously and it was no big deal? Or are you <laughs> just going to rip him based on, oh, it's a Little League part. What does he know? I mean, the Rangers haven't been any good. I was like, he literally said he was joking about it and didn't realize that people would, would take the comment that way, and Aaron Boone didn't even care. <laughs> Bro, I will say it is fascinating, and this is something that I don't really. And you, man, we're just this is going to be like a free for all podcast. So the Cowboys thing isn't happening, and there's a couple of things I want to circle back around to on that. But while we're talking about Woodward, did you know that there was something put into Major League Baseball rules like in the 50s, I think it was, where all the dimensions had to be a minimum from home plate, and then it was Camden Yards in Baltimore when they built that because of the construction process and where the freeway was or something like that, they didn't have the depth to be able to do that. So they asked Major League Baseball for an exemption to have a shorter right field. And Major League Baseball said, okay, that's fair, but you got to have a higher fence if you're going to do that. And so because that happened, multiple stadiums that have been built now are like, oh, well, we like like PNC Park did it. Well, the river's right there. So for us to have a we, we have to have a shorter right field. OK, well, you got to raise the fence. And so for whatever reason, it's like Major League Baseball doesn't even care about their own rule that they made years ago. Now, everybody, everybody wants their version of the green monster now. 
Yeah, so the thing I was going to ask about expansion is I do think that the NFL wants to expand, but I don't even know that they would want to expand in, in the United States. I, I think if they had anything in – there's five international games this year. I think if they were going to expand two teams, I think they'd love to put two teams over there in Europe. Dude, what a beating. I don't know if you could do it with just two, though, right? Uh, you'd want to at least have enough for them to... Like, you could do a division. Like, you could do four, and then they play each other, and then they could cycle through, and then that way you could schedule teams. You know, you, like the NFC East, for instance, the Cowboys, okay, well, they're, it's their year to play that division, and they play two of them back-to-back over there, and then the other two they could play at home. Yeah, now that that's a that's a good look at you. We might need to put you on the NFL board. Oh, thank you. That's, that, that's a good idea. That's a good that's a good approach to take if you were going to take that approach. Yeah, and and I wonder could you do two teams in the United Kingdom, like two in the London area? You, Dude, they got like five soccer teams in London. So see, and I wonder if because if they could do that, that would help tremendously. Then you could put one in Munich and then you could put wherever else over there somewhere in Europe. And, and you've got a European division that I think might actually make a little bit of sense. It makes sense from that standpoint. I mean, can you imagine being a player and you play for the London Monarchs and you've got to fight in London and you've got to do them in the States? <laughs> That's true. And then when you go play that one game in Germany, your tax guys, person's got to got to get that that money right for the trip and yeah. the time it's spent in Germany. I mean, dude, and now you're going to bring your kids and your family over there with you. You're going to leave them back in the States. I mean, bro, what a beating. It would be a beating. It would indeed. And as popular as the NFL is with their 32 teams, you know, I, I don't know if they feel a need to expand in the United States. I, I don't know that they're missing somewhere – you know, you look at all the major markets for the most part just in the United States, and and they've got a team. Hell, I read something uh, last week. They're trying to get a team in your neck of the woods. A professional team in Birmingham? Yeah, because they say the market is the market side. You know, there's nothing in Alabama outside yeah, of no pro. the university. Right, I see. There's no pro, and the market size is bigger than, like, New Orleans and – Jacksonville and a couple other spots that they mentioned and so they're like yeah they could support a team yeah that, I mean that'd be interesting I was just looking at like major metro populations and the largest one that does not have an NFL team is the Orlando market which is the 23rd largest market in the country so the top 22 markets all have an NFL team in them you know, that's interesting. Why does Orlando as big as it is only have basketball? I don't know. I've wondered that as well. Like you would think and, and I don't know, like baseball, for whatever reason, like you never really like the Rays don't get support. It doesn't seem like anybody cares about the Marlins. But I, you would think for an NFL team, I mean, the Dolphins pull in people. Tampa Bay pulls in people. Maybe they think it's yeah. too close to Jacksonville because it's only a couple of hours away. But then again, it's very it's it's not like it's that far from Tampa. Right. I mean, we got Dallas and Houston. They aren't that yeah. far away. So I don't know. I don't know. Philadelphia and Pittsburgh aren't that far away. Yeah, that like to me, if I was going to do an NFL team and I was going to do, well, man, I don't know. I was trying to think because the Metro of Birmingham is is the fiftieth largest in the country because it's a it's a little over one point one million in the Metro. Right, and I think Birmingham could do it because it to me, and you tell me that you've been down there for a minute. It'd be like Nashville. I mean, Tennessee doesn't have anything else per se and so yeah you become kind of the state's team 
And uh, you got enough people who can fly in, drive in with their RVs and stuff for the game. Yeah, there, there's always been a little kickback to that of would it take away from the college football scene? And as rabid as people are about college here, would they support? Now, the argument to that is the USFL team here. Nobody's going to games that aren't Birmingham, but the Stallions on Saturday night are still drawing fifteen to 20,000 people. Jeez, that seems pretty good to me. And they just signed Bo Scarborough. So yeah, I know, which is going to be interesting to see. Now, I will say I'm very curious because the USFL have been doing it right so far. The first four games of the season that Birmingham has played on Saturday night. This week, Birmingham plays at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Okay, who do they think is going to that game? I, I, I was In the heart that. of the Bible Belt, who is going to that game? I was like, man, if you're, if you're smart and you're the USFL, I would just put Birmingham every Saturday night from here till the end of the season. Yeah. Because they don't care about what the other games pull. They don't care at all. Like, they wanted to know that a local market would support the team. They're doing that. There was no expectation that people from Birmingham were going to go watch Philadelphia and New Jersey play each other. Right, right. So it, it's been interesting, but I don't know. I mean, the pro thing has always been one of those things because there's not, and there's not a professional team of any kind in Mississippi either. So you get Mississippi and Alabama – you know, you've got Nashville, like you mentioned. You've got Memphis with the Grizzlies. And you've got Atlanta, which is two and a half hours away and has everything. But all the way, you got to go all the way past Jackson going to the West if you're in a straight line. So maybe there is something to be said where you could have football, I think, is the only thing that would work. I mean, they do a lot. Of, there's a minor, there's a double-A baseball team here. There's a USFL now. And, and there's the New Orleans Pelicans have their G League team here. Okay, cool. And I don't know anybody who cares about that. No, I wouldn't imagine that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine anybody would. I mean, hell, I don't care about the Dallas G. <laughs> no, man. I was like, whatever. Cool, Texas Legends. Good for y'all. I hope you make it to the team one day. Which is weird because, <laughs> like, minor league baseball, you can totally get into, and nobody cares about minor league basketball. Well, that's because to me, and you correct me if I'm wrong. Um, minor league baseball is all about the event. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. And there's a good chance that uh, at least some of the guys you're watching will one day be in the uh, in uh, in the big leagues. But to me, it's really all about the event and the presentation and the fan experience in minor league baseball. In the game, is uh, is kind of secondary. That's true. It is a lot about the experience. There there is a lot to be said for that. I'll be going to a couple of minor league games coming up here pretty soon for the Barons. I wish they'd play more where, like, if they started a game at 2 o'clock, I'd just roll over there after my show got done and just, you know, sit amongst gonna, a couple thousand people with my press pass. No big deal. It ain't going to be hot in the middle of the day? Uh, it is a little bit. I mean, well, I mean, in Birmingham, the weather here is different. Like, today, it's perfect. It's about 79 degrees. Oh, no, that that that, is, that will qualify as perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's we don't get real hot. It, it'll start getting into the 90s towards the end of May. But and then obviously, like anywhere else, like June, July and August can be a little bit uncomfortable, but it never really gets around 100 degrees here. Like like it'll be like 94, 95, but the humidity is worse here than it is in Dallas. Oh, because we're about to according to the weather reports, we're about to start a stretch of several days or weeks in the 90s. Yeah, closer the, to the hundreds, like summer has arrived. And the one thing that people never give Dallas credit for is they're like, oh, okay, well, I mean, it's it's 97. It's 97 other places. Fair. It's also not 84 for the low, like it is in <laughs> Dallas. And that's right, what the, right. the most miserable thing about Texas heat 
is that it's unrelenting to you can walk out and at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning and it's 84 where you walk out here and it'll be in the low 70s, upper 60s. Yeah, I was going to say when I leave for the gym at four fifty, five o'clock in the morning, the last few days, bro, it's already been like 80. Yeah. I mean, and that's insane that that's that's the low temperature. Yeah, it's only going up from there. It ain't going down. Exactly, that's where... It's only going up. I mean, people have never seemed to grasp that part about Dallas for whatever reason. I mean, I'm looking at it right now, like, for instance, in a couple of weeks, which would be, what, May 17th, May 20th here, the high is 90, but the low is 67. Yeah, that'll never happen here till (laughs) till October. Right, so, I mean, whatever, it's just different. All right, before we move into this trip around the block, of course, I hope you've had a chance to try some of your Brews Biltong. And and Brews Biltong, we're telling you, man, it is as delicious as anything that you could possibly snack on. Better than beef jerky, it is a traditional South African air-dried meat. It's one of those things, no sugar, no artificial preservatives. It's... It's one. I would just very much encourage people to try it because I think once you do, you're really gonna like it. Dude, the thing about it is, and I mean, I'm I'm like all of y'all. I heard beef jerky. I thought, I mean, I'm cool with it, but you know, it gets stuck in your teeth. You gotta have a toothpick. It's uh, you know, it's whatever. But dude, this is something else. And uh, you know, this built on man, it's it's tender. It's juicy. It doesn't get stuck in my teeth. Yeah, uh, I can chew it. <laughs> and it's uh it's it's really really good uh i ride with the slice built on i mean bro it's uh it's 30 grams of protein it's 240 calories in a two ounce pouch uh, it's a great midday snack for me um i love it it's uh i can't tell you anything to do other than order it and put it in your mouth or something like that that's exactly what i would suggest that you do order it and put it in your mouth <laughs> it's bruisebiltong.com b-r-u-s biltong is b-i-l-t-o-n-g.com promo code jam 15 at checkout and you get 15 percent off your order every time you order it your first time your hundredth time doesn't matter 15 percent off with jam 15 make sure you use that promo code and enjoy it because i really really enjoy it myself i know jacques does you guys are going to love it and i love the fact that we are still the only we were the first podcast. He was like, yeah, okay, I've heard about you guys, and you know, let me try this and see how it goes. And he had such a great response from you all that he was like, you're the only podcast I'm going to work with, and you guys have been killing it. We appreciate that very much because that helps to support us. So the other thing I wanted to jump into here is we get into this trip around the block. And this, I thought this was awesome. So many of you know our, our friend Smokey John's, Juan and Brent, the brothers that run Smokey John's, they do the Jam Session Bowl. They have been phenomenal partners with us for over a year now. Well, one of the things that they are very, very good at is doing things like they, they were on, what was it called? Deep Fried, I think. Yeah. That was on A&E or whatever it was. And there was an episode about that. And they've done some things like that in the past. Well, I didn't even know that this was going on. And then I saw people that were tweeting about it. And I saw, oh, my God, Smokey John's. Our friend Smokey Johns, that that Smokey Johns, the right there off Mockingbird that do the jam session bowl, yep. they were featured in about a nine-minute segment on Good Morning America on Monday morning. Bro. And it had Joe Trahan, who's the new lead anchor since Dell Hance retired at Channel 8. Such a Joe's a phenomenal guy. They had Dak Prescott, they had Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Those were the four celebrity judges. And then Kaylee Hartung, who is now, I guess, a GMA anchor. It was Smokey John's Barbecue against the 
my personal opinion, slightly overrated Pecan Lodge barbecue. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, and I got to tell you, because Pecan Lodge gets all the tourists, people, people will go and wait in line for forever there for whatever reason, and, and they've done a good job, and their name gets out there. And I saw this, and I said, man, I would take Smokey John's every single time, but I I didn't know, like, how they were going to do the judging or whatever. And I right. thought they are going to be like, oh, the crowd will decide, not that, well, the popular kid's going to win. Right, right. The kid everybody's heard about. But boy, was I wrong. And so I want to play this segment for you, and this is where they go to Smokey John, so you can kind of get an idea of this and what happens. So this is about three minutes. This is that segment the other day from Good Morning America. Hey, guys, it's Smokey John's. We got to come to you next. Tell us about the Big John. If you guys are ready for the next round of bites here, are you? Give me a second. Give him a second. <laughs> All right, let's we're going to get you guys, too. Troy's been helping out, right? Have you guys? We're going to get some bites around here, too. Okay, tell us about Look at this. the Big John, so Brian Juan. The, the Big John is our hickory smoked brisket, our smoky sausage, and then we make our own coleslaw dressing. So we're really proud. That's like grandma's recipe. And then we had to top it with a little onion ring. And then, you know, when you come to Smoky John's, all the meats are great. So we had to garnish it with a rib. Just a garnish. It's just, just a, a casual, garnish. a little bite and, of a rib. So, hey, let's oh, have some of this out. Let's go. Let's go. Let's Right in the ball game. Right, right, the ball right game? Joe? Did Joe get a nice so taste of Grandma's Little slaw? man, you ready? So you want that? <laughs> you gotta okay. give that a try. You gotta get a bite of that mac and cheese. <laughs> what do you think? It's really early for mac and cheese. But I'm <laughs> going to. It's, it's never too early for barbecue in Texas. Never too early. Troy's really selling it. He's really selling it. Okay, so what do we think, guys? Pecan Lodge? Can we get some cheers? What about Smokey John? You guys have a tough decision to make. Can you grab yours from under there, Joe? Yeah. See that right there? Yeah. Hmm? Oh, we're going to do hats? We're going to do hats? Oh, oh, oh. It's just like signing day, Jack. So it's just day, like yeah. that, okay? Right. Right. Okay, that everybody make your choice. Ready? Who's it going to be? Smokey John's, Pecan Launch. Oh. The chance to go to New York really City and compete in our ultimate pitmaster competition. Man. And perhaps $10,000 if you win. Drum roll, please, everybody. Can we get it? Can we get it? Drum roll, Yeah, so they, the it was Smokey John's that wins Troy. there. Appreciate the hospitality. Troy, come here. You got a job to do. Yep. Present that golden got tong. The, got the golden tong. Oh. Oh. There you go, buddy. Greg Juan, your ticket to New York City to compete in our ultimate pit master competition. How you guys feeling? So I thought that was pretty cool, man. I mean... Those guys doing that segment there, and, and the way it worked was they had different hats, and then I guess they put on the Smokey John's hat to show, you know, hey, we're voting for Smokey John. So very awesome for those guys. Nah, man, they're great dudes. As you said, they've been great partners, and uh, they're having tremendous success right now. And so, uh, you know, whenever I can pump them up even just a little bit, 
it's always worth doing. Yeah, and I thought that was so cool, too, that they beat Pecan Lodge. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> all right, there we go. Because, you know, Dak and Joe Trahan immediately put on the Smoky John, the Smoky John's hats. And I was like, yes, they know what they're talking about. Now we just got to get Dak over there to try to jam session bowl. Dude. Well, we'll just bring him one. Yeah, we'll, we'll just take him and be like, hey, man, you know how you voted for Smoky John's? They make this for us. Let's let's go hang out. <laughs> Where are those shoes I gave you? Come on, man. Yeah. You know, I could, dude, I could just see that. Yeah, but I, I thought <laughs> that's awesome. And, and we'll try and have Juan on the show maybe next week when they get back from New York and, and, and talk to him about how all that went and what that was like. But, I mean, I didn't even realize Good Morning America was doing this, but I, I guess they're going all across the country and they're going to take, like, the best barbecue from different spots and, and compete them against each other, it sounds like. No, nah, and uh, that just means Smokey John's going to have a great chance to advance and uh, build their brand nationally and continue to do all the great stuff they've done. And, you know, don't forget, go order the jam session yeah. bowl off the secret menu. It's the best thing you can do. Yeah, do that. And, and also, you, you can, if you live somewhere and you can't go to the actual physical store, you could just go to SmokeyJohns.com, click on Smokey's Market, and you can try their barbecue sauce and rub and whatnot. But, again, Congrats to those guys, because that was a cool segment, and I saw that, and I watched that whole thing. And, you know, Kaylee Hartung, man, who started out, like, as a little correspondent on the SEC network and then has just exploded and now is one of the main hosts on Good Morning America. Uh, it helps when you're living right, my brother. I guess so. And then you could hear her, oh, it's never too early for barbecue in Texas. <laughs> Dude, it's it's really not. I, I, could, like, I could eat a rib sandwich for breakfast, no problem. I was like, doesn't that show come on at, like, 6 a.m. or something? I was like, I don't know. Doesn't it? It comes on early, bro. It comes on pretty early. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I don't even remember the last time I was awake to even catch like the main part of Good Morning America. No, I think it comes on uh, unreal. I think it comes on at. Uh, I think it's a seven to nine show. Oh, is it? Okay. I think. I guess that I makes tell sense, you, bro. I haven't had TV. <laughs> I haven't had TV on my TV in so long. Really. That well, bro, you know, I've watched a lot of, I've been watching a lot of YouTube lately. Mm -hmm. uh, so now I feel like a kid. Or I've been watching, you know, stuff on Netflix. Yeah. And so, like, regular TV just, it never shows up on the TV. Okay. I can, you know what, that's actually really interesting because we are watching This Is Us which has been on the air since 2016, and they are in the final season, and it is an NBC show. Right. There are two episodes. I think that's right. Wait, no, today's Tuesday that we're recording this. So tonight will be three, and then two episodes after today, and that's it, and then it's done, and it'll be the series finale. And we were talking about this the other night after we watched last week's, and I, I, I told the lady, I was like, you know what's weird? This might be the last network television show I ever watch. Bro, I'm telling you, as you start thinking about it, you'll be like, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, because honestly, I never watch network television except for this show. And because I never watch it, I'm never exposed to a lot of the previews and stuff that might make me check out another show. Now, maybe right. during football season, you know, they'll run a promo or something. But generally speaking, I mean, even This Is Us is, is got a, a high level cheese factor that you just don't get generally with Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and name your Disney Plus and whatnot. And there's so much content, HBO Max and, and Showtime. There's so much content on these streaming services that is so good 
that network television just cannot touch it. No, that, you know, that's, you know, that's been my whole problem the whole time with network TV is the way I like to watch shows and it's shows I the shows I typically watch. They can't make them better than, you know, Netflix and everybody else. So they, you know, they're pointless to me. Yeah. Just pointless. And so I don't I don't even watch them. And uh, I feel a little bad about that sometimes, but not too bad to, to start trying to watch. No, and I mean, I mean the exact same way. And sometimes it, it does have to do the shows that you can do streaming are real. It's they're creative. There's no censorship. Not yeah. that all of them are dropping F-bombs all the time. But if a situation calls for one, they don't have to act like they wouldn't say that. <laughs> exactly. And it just has a, a, a realm of realism that network television just quite simply can't give you. It's impossible. Yeah. And that's uh, that's what uh, that's what I enjoy about you know, Netflix and all those yeah. types of shows. But that is kind of wild. The other thing that, and you had sent this to me, and we saw this happen to NCAA college football, and I now we know it's going to be coming back and all that at some point with NILs, and they can use name, image, and likeness and all this. FIFA. And I own FIFA soccer. You own FIFA soccer. FIFA soccer and EA Sports have ended their two-decade partnership. Bro, I'm so sick of money interfering with my with my entertainment. Uh, I was just like pissed. I was just like, I can't do anything. You took away college football. Now you're messing yeah. around with my FIFA game. I was just shaking my head, man. You know, capitalism at times sucks, the big one. Yeah, and they've been doing it for close to three decades. EA Sports has been producing a FIFA game. And for whatever reason, they have just decided that they're going to eat in that partnership. But FIFA says that they will be launching new soccer video games developed with third-party studios and publishers. But, I mean, let's be honest. The reality of it is that EA Sports... I mean, we all know this. If, 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 if it's in the game, it is in the game because EA Sports does sports video games better than any other company that exists. And what a, what a, what a slogan that is. It's the best. Or, or, what, or it has been. It's phenomenal. Like, they should have paid whoever did that one trillion. <laughs> they should have paid them a little bit more probably than what they ended up getting. But no more FIFA soccer as you know it, which, you know, I'm okay with because I got the game like a year ago, so I can live off of that one for a while and probably be fine. Yeah, now, in, in, in defense, I was not an, I was an every other year purveyor mm. of, um, of, uh, of FIFA. And that's just because they didn't make enough changes on a yearly basis. Uh, to justify me picking it up. But every other year, man, I was like clockwork. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what I'm going to be interested in is we are about one year away from the next edition of NCAA College Football, which originally, if you'll remember, they said they would release in the summer of 2023. Yeah, bro. I, I wonder, the sales on that video game, I'll be very curious to see because that is one... I mean, hopefully, I, I don't really feel the need to upgrade my gaming system. Like, I don't feel the need to have a PS5 because I can do what I want on my PS4. But that is the game. If they do not release it on PS4, that is the type of game that would make me figure out how to get a PS5. Oh, I've already been trying to figure out how to get a PS5. And again, I, I just don't <clears throat> see the need for it right now, personally. Right. Although my friend Joe... Let me see. What did he tell? Uh, you know what? I can't remember enough. But he told me something you can do with your version of college football with a uh, shoelace on it from yeah, uh, Michigan yeah. as a quarterback. 
something he he told me i gotta call him this week and ask him because he told me about some kind of update um that puts the new rosters for like 2021 college teams on there as well as the uniforms and stuff you just got to update it yeah that makes sense uh, it's probably some uh, game hack that somebody come up with but yeah, how, so how do you think, play it on ps4 uh i don't know i'll, I'll ask him because he we had this long conversation about it now of course the conversation was like a month ago yeah so i can't i can't remember it all but uh you know he was gung-ho about it because he like i said he was telling me about it yeah apparently man i mean that's that's the only thing is that with my ps4 it's not backwards compatible and and i don't i mean there may be versions of ps4 that are where you could play ps3 games i guess but the one i have isn't right which is unfortunate because there were some great games on ps3 obviously bro some great games. There's been great games on PlayStation all throughout the platform. But I and I this is old man time, but I got to tell you man, <laughs> like Grand Theft Auto for instance. Grand Theft Auto and like Red Dead Redemption and games mm-hmm. like that, the maps and the gameplay on that have gotten so large and so time consuming that they're just not for, and I like the premise of them. But I don't want to spend 85 to 100 hours in, in traveling all over. that. Like I like simplified things for the most part. That's why I put it on rookie level when I play NBA 2K. I'm not trying to be a professional. I want to go out and score 100 points with Dirk, I mean with Luka, and have a crazy triple-double and win, the NCAA, and win the NBA championship. I don't care about making it real. And that's what I admire about you. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I mean... One of my favorite video games of all time was Grand Theft Auto Vice City, which was basically you were you were playing the Scarface storyline where you were trying to become a drug lord in, on Miami Beach in the 80s. And it was phenomenal. <laughs> and, and it took some time, and you had to be creative, and the, and the map was large. But, man, the last couple of Grand Theft Autos, I was like, my God, I've been driving my car for like 30 minutes, and I haven't even gotten all the way across the map. <laughs> Like, this is insane. I'd, or, like, the one they put out with the dude where you had to go work out in the gym or he would get weak, and you had to go to your house and eat or he would starve to death. I was like, what the hell are we doing? I don't want to, like, I don't want to have to go eat. I just want to fight people and, and steal and rob. That's what GTA is. Come on. That's just how it is for me, man. I don't know what to tell you. I can dig it. I hope so. <laughs> All right, so before we move into the next bit of conversation here, let's tell you about HFX Foundation Solution. And, and again, we, we kind of throw this out from time to time, but the reality of it is very true. Foundation is the one thing you don't want to screw with. If your house, if you're noticing the cracks, if you're noticing doors that are sticking a little bit, if you're realizing that you don't even have gutters, one, or if you look out and you see a lot of standing water and soil washout, you could have some drainage issues. All that can mess up your foundation. And if you let things like that go, in the end, it can end up costing you thousands and thousands of dollars in foundation repair. That's why you place the call to HFX Foundation Solutions so that they can come out and check those things ahead of time so that you're not dealing with all that crap down the road. Dude, the best thing you can do, man, is give Aaron and his team over there at HFX a call and let them give you the free once over, man. Let them check your house out, give you peace of mind. And if they do find something, man, hey, you found it early. It'll cost you a fraction of, a, of what it'll cost you if you find it late. But it's better to get that peace of mind, especially with this Texas soil, because it's crazy out there, bro. 
It is crazy out there, and that's why Aaron and his guys, it's local, it's family-owned. They service the entire Dallas-Fort Worth area, and they can make your life a lot better. It's a free, no-obligation inspection. So give them a call, 817-770-0174. A-rated with the Better Business Bureau, 817-770-0174, or you can find them online, find out a little bit more information online at hfxfoundation.com. Easy to do. Also, of course, Freeway Tire Shop. Freeway Tire Shop, the place where Jacques has taken every single one of his cars probably 100 million times. Probably has a car there right now, for all I know, because it's like Jacques and JR have become best friends with the amount of times. <laughs> well, and I say that because you, you not only do you give him a lot of business, but you do that because you trust him and you know that the work he does on your vehicles, no matter what you take him, he's going to do it quality and do it fair. Well, dude, that's what it's always about for me, man. It's always about what's the work that they do and can you trust your mechanic? And with JR, uh, you know, he learned customer service over there at uh, Home Depot when he's in the management program, bro. And I just trust him, man. I trust him to diagnose the problem and I trust him to use quality parts to fix the car because not everybody does. Sometimes they just put whatever cheap part in there. You got the same problem, you know, six months later. Uh, I trust him to charge me a fair price. And then the big one for me, man, I trust him to stand behind his work. Uh, sometimes you can fix it and something happens and you're like, hey, it's making the same noise. That happens. You take it back to JR's, no questions, man. It's like, okay, boom, let's take another crack. Okay, boom, here's the deal. It's perfect. Take it off and we off and run it. Because I've been to other dealers, especially one in the last year. Hey, I don't know what you're talking about. What us? What us? <laughs> that's, that's, that's real talk, man. I know. And finally we had to show him some pictures and stuff and they're like, oh, well, maybe it was us. Yeah, you damn right it was you. Well, y'all had them kind of problems at uh, at JR. And so uh, JR probably laughs like, that's why you shouldn't take it over there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but it happened to be the dealer, and it wasn't that far from the house, and we were trying to get it done on the dealer deal. Yeah. But uh, it didn't work out. But long story short, man, I trust JR. You should trust him, too. Indeed. And it's so easy to get to. He's just north of downtown Dallas. And if you're looking for a quote or you just want to schedule an appointment, you can go online, freewaytireshop.com, and get yourself taken care of over there with Freeway Tire Shop. So a couple of things to get into here, and one of those, and this is a college football note, and, and I spend a lot of time, obviously, talking about college football where I'm based at now, but I think this is really interesting because there was a waiver. All right, so the NCAA Rules Oversight Committee, recently recommended that the NCAA eliminate the requirement for conferences to be able to host a conference championship game. So what what is in place right now is you can, if you have 12 or more teams, you have to have two divisions. And that's like why the Big 12 with 10 teams, they had to get a waiver from the NCAA because it used to be you had to have 12 teams to be able to have a conference championship game. And so now they are trying to get rid of this, and it looks like this is going to happen to where the NCAA is going to approve eliminating, if you want to, you can get rid of divisions. And so now, whether you have 12 teams, 14, 16, you don't have to have two divisions, and you could have your conference championship game simply by the two teams that finish, kind of like what the Big 12 does now, but doing it like in a 14-team league like the Big 10 or 16-team league like what the SEC is about to be. You got a feel for that one way or the other? I, I think mo almost everybody's going to eliminate them. 
How come? Well, one, the ACC, the Pac-12, and Mountain West are already on record basically saying that they would like to implement this by 2023. The other thing is because it just makes it so much easier. And I think for some of those other conferences, like the ACC, for instance, where Clemson plays in one, one side of the conference, a lot of the times one of the other divisions is weak. And we've seen right. this in the Pac-12. We're like in the Pac-12 North, Oregon will have one loss and end up playing a team of four or five losses because you have to play a team from the South when the South has been down. Even in right. the SEC, we've seen it at, at, at times, and we've seen it in the Big Ten. Because right. in the Big Ten especially, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, in any given Collins. year— yeah, they're all on the same side. And those are all the best teams. And so then, you know, yeah, maybe Wisconsin shows up or in Iowa, but there have been times where Ohio State or whoever it is goes to the Big Ten title game, and they're playing a three- or a four-loss team from the other division instead of truly having the two best teams play for the conference championship. And the belief is that they move as they move towards a 12-team playoff, that will actually help conferences because it'll have an extra game for their two best teams to make a case that we should both be in the playoff or what have you. All right, fair enough. So it makes sense, and I think they'll do that. I think what you'll see, like the ACC is about to go to, with their 14 teams, they'll get rid of divisions. Each team will have three permanent opponents and then five rotating opponents. And I think what you'll see happen when Texas and Oklahoma get to the SEC is that the SEC will go to nine conference games, and each of those teams, like you could say, okay, Texas, your three permanent opponents are going to be Oklahoma, a&M and Arkansas, and you're going to play those three teams every single year. And then the other teams, your other six conference games, you'll play six teams one year and six teams the next year. So that means you're seeing every team in the SEC at least every other year and every four years minimum, you're traveling to every other campus in your conference. All right. That sounds uh, like that makes sense. Makes sense. I think I'm hoping that's what they'll do because – it does look like all these other coaches are about to start to, or all, I should say all these other conferences are about to start doing that, man. But this college football is wild right now. Bro. <laughs> it is wild. It's, uh, it's only going to get wilder, but uh, it's my favorite sport, even more than the NFL. I mean, uh, it just almost feels like every day something else is happening where they are just putting in new things. And, and like yesterday, the NCAA issuing the guidelines for NIL that all these boosters and collectives are looking at and kind of double birding going, good luck. Come, okay, come out. Yeah. Come yeah. after it. Come after us and try to enforce something and wait till we lay a lawsuit on your ass. Yeah, dude, it's, it's done. They're, I mean, there's nothing they can do, so. They just got to live with with what they've with what they've allowed to happen and create it. Yeah, and, uh, I mean you can make some adjustments to it, but it ain't ever going back. And they don't have any authority, so I mean you can, I mean you could threaten to do whatever you want to. Nobody's paying attention to you. Yeah, you could. You very well could threaten to do that, and it'll be. I had a guy. You you know Michael McCann, who used to write for Sports Illustrated. Yeah, and I had him on my show today. He writes for Sportico now, doing sports law and stuff. And he basically was saying the Alston case dealt with the Supreme Court looking at it and say, okay, they shot down the business model because for them not to be able to make any money for to help cover other academic expenses and whatnot is ridiculous. But he was saying there's an angle the NCAA could basically say, okay, well, what about the athletic angle and what they're doing athletically? And that's where this could get interesting to where they may have another few years and this goes all the way up to the highest court in land and the Supreme Court may rule on that angle of it. 
And I thought, okay, this is just so convoluted. (laughs) The problem now is that a lot of states have passed laws to where you could sit there on a state level and say, okay, NCAA, you're cracking down on Alabama. Well, Alabama has a law that says you can't restrict the earnings of a college student because of this. So then we're going to sue you. And where does that leave the NCAA? True that. And again, the focus is on football players, but, you know, right. act, actors, musicians, computer nerds. You know, I was a, uh, you know, I made money as a freelance journalist in college. Yep. Why? Because that was a skill set that I had. Uh, as I'm looking, as we're talking about this, I see that Pitt transfer Jordan Addison is on an official visit to Texas. What? I guess they opened up the checkbook, baby. I'm telling you, man. And, and you know, I mean, at the end of the day, like somebody was talking crap today. Well, Texas just has given $50,000 to everybody. And it's, okay. It's not Texas. It is a nonprofit. It's called Hearts for Horns. And yeah, they're associated with Texas. See, that's the problem with these collectives. And that's where this gets really wonky is it's not the schools directly doing this. It's boosters giving money to these collectives. It, like I asked, I asked this legal guy today, I said, okay, well, what's stopping me from start? Let's say I'm a huge Alabama fan and I want to start a program and I, and I own companies and I want to pay these kids to advertise my company for me, but I want right. to, but I'm rich as hell and I want to pay them way more than what they normally would get paid to do this. How is that illegal? And that's where he right. was like, exactly. And, and that's where the NCAA is going to have a real difficult time with this. I think the uh, I think one of the differences is uh, that people are like, and I don't know how you draw the line now. Just the difference between literally paying for play and giving people name, image, and likeness deals, which it was all. That's how it all started. Mm. Like, hey, Matt, uh, we're going to pay you uh, twenty thousand dollars a year and give you all the bill time you can eat. Um, you know. Uh, why you're a player at the uh, University of uh, Alabama. Okay, great. I don't think they thought it was just going to be, hey, Matt, we want you here. We'll pay you $100,000 to come. <laughs> right, it, and that they did not think it would be that, and, and that's where the direct pay to play like that is still, you have to go under the guise of doing something. Well, you know what, man? This is just, and you know, I'm all for the players, bro. There, now, There's some drawback now, but, dude, Let's just let's just. Do you know how many players, um, because they're young and because they got this money, you know how many are gonna get blasted on taxes in about four years? Yeah. Because they're not gonna they're not gonna claim it right. They're not gonna do it right, and they're gonna get a tax. They're gonna get an audit letter from the government that says, "Hey, uh, we looked at your taxes over the last three years, and uh, you owe us a hundred ninety five thousand dollars." Yeah. And they're gonna be like. But I work over here making 65. That was when I was a player. Well, sucks for you. <laughs> I mean, pretty much, man. So I, I, hopefully the collectives and some of these agents and stuff have things in place to help them with that. But bro, who it is such a wide open, wild ass market right now that to me, this eventually settles out. And I like the NCAA is like, well, we're going to come and get you. You're not going to do anything. It's no. it, you're not, you're just not. And then you'll get sued and it'll get held up in litigation and there'll be an injunction issued and they'll get paid anyway. And then seven years from now, this will go up to the Supreme court on this. I mean, it, it's, it's what it is at this point, but I will tell you, man, the fact that Jordan Addison is visiting Texas, the fact that 
on three sports today had an article about arch manning and on three sports has a 60 percent prediction that the texas longhorns are getting arch manning and that georgia is second let me tell you why i could see him going to texas for the same reason uh cats a lot of cats do this like oh texas hadn't done anything lately yeah if i go to texas and i do something there I've resurrected a program that hadn't done anything in 10, 12 years. And, you know, Texas X uh, has long reach once I graduate, although I'll be so rich I probably won't need it. But the the idea of going to a place that hasn't done anything in a long time and raising them back to prominence, uh, I can see where that would be appealing. Because if I go to Georgia, hey, we just won a national championship, dog. You need to come with another one. Yeah, uh, You need to win a couple of them while you're here. But uh, that that whole Texas thing, man, I could get down with that. Yeah, and there's also the idea that because Quinn Ewers graduated high school early, he will be the starting quarterback this year. And then when Arch Manning is a true freshman in college, that will be Ewers' last season at Texas. Yeah, so, he can come in and be the backup. Yeah, he comes in, you're the backup, and then your second year on campus, you years two and three, you're the starting quarterback at Texas. It's really interesting. And, and, and Arch is on the record saying – it was fun to see how the quarterback room interacted with Coach Sark. I think that offense can be explosive. Austin is a big city compared to the other two, talking about Tuscaloosa and, and Athens. So it reminds me of a little bit of New Orleans. It's a little weird, and they've got good coaches there. Yeah. No, they'd be great for Texas, man. You know, I, li- I like for Texas to do well. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why. I think I, I just, you know, I think I've told y'all that uh, A&M's fan base has always annoyed me. And so I don't have any allegiance <laughs> to Texas. Fair enough. I just prefer them over the Aggies. And so, you know. I can understand that, man. That it, it's, it's good for college football when programs like that, like I think it'd be great if Tennessee gets back up on it or if a Nebraska can get back up on it to some degree. It, it, it's helmets matter. And, and the Longhorn is one of the most iconic helmets of any helmet in college football. Right. It's the ultimate helmet program, let's be honest. So before we wrap things up, a couple other things to get into. The Stars last night, man, they got their ass kicked. And it was funny because we were talking about this the other day on the podcast. Podcast? <laughs> it's an interesting new concept for a podcast. Welcome to the podcast where we make out with hot celebrities. But, you know, is that how you kiss? Shut up. <laughs> I was gonna I mean, say I, I, I had a, I had a really snarky remark for you, and I was like, "No good can come from what I'm about to say." So that's I should probably just, good then. I should just shut up. All right, fair enough, man. <laughs> but we were having this conversation on our last podcast, and, and it, it was true, it, except for the first five minutes of the series in Game One, where the Stars lost one nothing. What is it? What you're giving secret messages? How do you know I'm giving secret messages? Chuck, you have a microphone by you in front of your face. We can but I didn't say. You. But I didn't say anything. It was something. It was like, I my mouth never opened. Yes, it did. We could hear you. you. Got, no, y'all could not hear me because I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know I didn't say anything. I'm telling you. I will pull that and edit it and send it to you. And you're like, oh, I guess you could hear something. <laughs> oh, I gotta love it. Oh, it's the best. I make a secret noise every fucking week. 
Yeah, it happens to the best of us. Don't worry. It, it, I think it's it's almost like Easter egg of the podcast. Did you hear Jacques' secret noise? Now you know the kind of stuff that used to drive Alan Fall crazy. And me. <laughs> I mean, it's always driven me nuts. I'm like, there's a microphone right by you. Of course we heard you. Sorry. Oh, but yes, the freaking stars, man. I mean, that game last night... I, they were the better team in this series. And then last night in game four, Calgary showed up and did what I thought they would have done the entire way. They they destroyed this. I mean, they destroyed them. They whipped their ass. Yeah, it was only close because Ottinger played out of his mind. I mean, my God, he was on a different level. That dude is good, bro. He's insane. It's and hard so, not to watch him and wonder, do we have a, do we have a Patrick Waugh? Do we have like a Dominic Hasek in the making here? Because that changes everything if you got that guy. I mean, my God. He was so, and he's been good phenomenally in this. I mean, they've gotten outshot like it's ridiculous. He has 143 shots he's faced in this series, and he's only allowed six goals. That's a 96% save percentage. And just for a little perspective, granted that's just four games, the NHL record for save percentage in a season is 938 yeah, I mean he's he's I mean he's he's in his own right now, bro. I mean ninety six percent is unheard of. What they hit him on last night a five on three power play, a, a penalty shot, and an mm-hmm. empty netter. I think. I mean, come yeah. on, bro. Yeah, the third goal was a laser from the slot because the stars had gotten lazy and left a dude wide open. And it was just a perfect place shot, but that was the only one that was even strength. I mean, the yeah. five on three, you knew they were going to score, and then the penalty shot was just a freaking incredible move. Well, I mean, that happens. So, I mean, he, you know. the reality of it is he kept them in this thing for 52 minutes because of his play. The Stars had multiple opportunities on the power play. They had four power plays and generated four shots until it was six on four late in the game. I mean, what well, are we know, doing? Their power play has been shady all year, bro. God, it's trash. I mean, it is, it's hard to watch. It, it is so bad. It's freaking horrible. They suck on the power play. I mean, but we, we, we talked about a team – Entering this series that had one line that scored. Yeah. And, you know, Robertson has struggled the whole series. I think he's gotten an assist in four games. And mm-hmm. so if he ain't going to put the puck in the nut, bro, it's – I mean, the series is 2-2. But if he's not going to score, <laughs> it's just incredibly hard to win, bro. It is. And it's it's unfortunate because you wonder, did something start to click for the Flames? Because, again, the reality of it is the Flames are a better team but Dallas has the better goalie right now. And this is a really weird-ass series because there have been seven goals scored by the Flames and seven goals scored by the Stars. That's 14 goals in four games. And to put that into perspective, that is about half of what is normally being scored. The NHL playoffs right now up to this point are averaging collectively like 6.4 goals a game, which is the highest ever. This series is barely averaging three. Now, why is that? Is that good defense or bad offense? I think it's bad offense from the Stars and unbelievable goaltending from the Stars. Okay, fair enough. I mean, last night, that. God, like you're sitting there watching this in the first period. I, like, not kidding, it should have been 3 nothing in the first period, Calgary. And Dallas was like, oh, well, who cares? Have some shots. Well, I was, uh, I was listening to uh, Norm and Donnie this morning on my way to run some errands. And Norm was like... I think he said they took 50 shots, something like that. He said the Stars blocked like 25, 
And he said, now just imagine another 10 or 15 that were wider than that here or there. He said, they may have gotten off 90 shots last night. And it's just like, that's hard to win like that, fellas. Yep. It's extremely hard to win like that. And the, the amount of time that Calgary was spending in the offensive zone, I mean, there was one time, oh, I can't remember if this was the second or the third period, where the Stars couldn't clear their zone. And there were guys on the ice that were doing three-and-a-half, four-minute shifts. I mean, dude, uh, we know from hockey, if you watch any of it, your shift's supposed to be like a minute. Max, <laughs> minute yeah. Uh, matter of fact, remember they used to get mad at Mike Ribeiro because he'd be taking long shifts? Yep. And uh, piss everybody off. Like, get your ass off the ice, man. You're wearing us down. And so I can't even imagine a three or four minute shift, bro. And you could tell, man. I mean, you could see them out there where it was just like, what are we doing here? And the fact they didn't score on that, again, you know, the future looks bright because Ottinger obviously is the answer and goal. And we talked about him the other day being only 23 and a guy that you've homegrown who should only get better. You've got Jason Robertson, who really just showed up this year and exploded onto the scene. The reality of it is, and, and you hate to say it, you know, Rope Hintz is going to need at some point, I think he's a, he might be a free agent after this season, actually, and you're going to have to figure him out. But unfortunately for them, the guys that they pumped a lot of money into with Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan, unfortunately they have really declined. And so you're, I mean, you've got $20 million roughly a year wrapped up in those two dudes. Bro. And Sagan, you know, Sagan's not a free agent for like four more seasons. I think Ben's deal has two more years on it. Uh, Well, you know, I mean, that's when you invest in free agents, whether your own or somebody else's, the, I mean, that's the chance you take, man. You're investing in those guys, hoping they perform. And, uh, you know, Jamie Ben just looks like an old dude now. He has moments, but it ain't like it used to be. Yeah, and it's crazy because he's still a great captain. I mean, he's still doing some wonderful things that you need from a captain. I mean, he, he's keeping guys in line. He just doesn't – it just feels like every once in a while, like even a year or two ago, like remember when they made that run to the cup finals a couple of years ago in the bubble – it, it felt like he, when he needed to, every two or three games, he could find that other gear. And he could just right, do right, right. something. And it feels like he doesn't even have that anymore. Um, no, I mean, that's what happens when you get old, man. And, you know, he was a banger. He was never like he was a pretty player. Uh, you know, and so when, when they bang on you for years after years after years, yeah, then, bro, you slow down, man. I mean, he probably can't get out of bed and walk in the morning. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that that is very, very true. And it, it's just unfortunate that the guys that they have pumped this much money into, it, it's, you know, Radulov, I believe, is done after this year, which is nice because you get to clear him because they're not even using him anymore. And he's 35 years old. You know, but you look at this, Klingberg, I don't know if they'll be able to work out something to keep him around after this season. There's a lot of thought that he would get traded at the trade deadline, and he didn't. But they've got a group of youth Ottinger, Robertson, and Miro Haskinen, along with some other guys that you kind of wonder, could you find a way to maybe build around those guys and hope that Sagan and the Ben contracts don't weigh you down to where you can't? That's a hell of a nucleus to try to build around. It is. It's, it's a solid. And even, you know, Asa Lindell, who I think still has a couple years to go on his contract as well, is nice. And, and some of those contracts, like I said, I think Bishop is off the books along with Radulov this offseason, so maybe you can do some things. But you've got a real young core of what's going to be the next group of Dallas Stars. 
And they're getting some playoff experience this year, even if they end up losing to the Flames. No, this is true. But, I mean, I think every every season is about growth, man, and, and what you see. And you can get excited just because if, if Ottinger is who you think he is and who he appears to be, you go, okay, we got this dude for a minute. We can build around that. Yeah. You got Heskinen. You know what he is. And now it looks like Robertson is who he is. And so you can build around that, man. You just got to make prudent moves, and uh, those guys continue to improve. Yeah, that's the hope, and, and see if, if they can do some things. And, and again, I think after what's leaving this year, they should have 15-ish, maybe $17 million in cap space where the projected cap will be. So maybe there's some moves to be made out there. But they were talking about it last night. I mean, if you've got the goalie, that's especially in the playoffs, the goalie is like half of it, man. And, and because he'll keep you in games, the problem is just, I mean, nobody's scoring for the Stars. It's, it's Pavelski has three, three goals in this series out of the Stars, six goals without somebody in net. I mean, it's, it's not good enough, bro. At some no. point, you got you to put the biscuit in the oven, the baby in the belly. That's right, man. That's the, right. The seed in the egg. There you go. Which creates the baby in the oven. There you go. So, again, you got to start somewhere, but just freaking get it done. And then finally, the Mavs tonight, and we really can't say much about the Mavs because by the time all of you are listening to this, it's going to be done with, and they'll either be up 3-2 to two, coming home with a chance to clinch the series and move to the Western Conference Finals, or they'll be down 3-2 to two and have to win back-to-back games against the Phoenix Suns with Game 7 being in Phoenix. Yeah, that's that would be a tough one to uh, tough one to pull off. But tonight, um, well, there's no need to talk about it. But uh, I I think it's going to be a uh, a nip and tuck game all the way. I hope so. Uh, I hope we're in for some Luca greatness. And there is a chance we may jump back on and record later. It depends on how the game goes. Okay, let, let's let's see. If we didn't, if we if you don't have a copy, if you don't hear us talking about the game tomorrow. It's probably because the Suns blew out the Mavericks. Most likely, yes. Because right. there's not a lot of fun coming on here and talking about losses, especially a beast of a, of a loss. That late at night. Now, if the Mavericks blow out the Suns, we'll probably get on and, and have a, a brief conversation, maybe yeah. more, depending on how we feel. And if the Mavericks win a nail-biter, Luka hits a bu- three at the buzzer, uh, we'll certainly be on. Uh, you know, so... Tune in and, and see what happened. Yeah, we'll have to figure out exactly what it is. Otherwise, you guys are listening to this and going, what are you guys talking about? They already lost. We know this. Man. But we don't. <laughs> you time traveler people listening to us, calm down. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. All right, well, I guess we'll send you off in, into the world with this final thought. How about this? I, I'm excited to see him in action. Former Cowboy great has signed with the Birmingham Stallions. Uh, Terrell Owens? No, 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 no. A, a former oh. Cowboy draft pick. Oh, oh, who could it be? Bo Scarborough. You talked about it as, like earlier. You mentioned it. Oh, I can't remember. I, you know, I couldn't remember if I mentioned that online or offline. I can't either. Now that you say that, but Bo Scarborough, the, former former I, Cowboy grade. He was a seventh round pick for the Cowboys. Yeah, dude. Uh, I think you tried to hype him up to me, and I, he turned out to be. I different. wouldn't try. Okay, maybe a little. I did. But he wasn't he he wasn't Derrick Henry. He was built like that, but not as big and not as good. Yeah, you know I mean, he, that's remember, why he was. Uh, what was that? Twenty nineteen in Detroit, he got a little bit of a shot, and he ended up like with four hundred yards in a few games. 
Yeah, he's just he, he's a. I mean, you said it, he's got no shake. He's got no wiggle. And he's so, not as good as Derrick Henry speed-wise. Yeah, so, I mean, that's why he dominated in high school, and that's why he was a good college back. But that's why – and he's, you know, he's physical and impressive and all that stuff. Um, so he'll get a look, but then, you know, he's, you know, he just – it just is what it is. Maybe he'll be awesome in the USFL. So I just looked at it. He played in seven games in the NFL, had 95 carries for 408 yards in his career, and that was it. Uh, 95 for 48. Was that like 4-2? Yeah, right on it, 4-3. Uh, that's not bad. How many touchdowns did he score? 11. That's still not bad. <laughs> I'm kidding. It wasn't 11. <laughs> oh, asshole. <laughs> what if he did? That would be a lot in just on, those, on that few carries. That's what I'm saying. I said, oh, that's pretty good. He had one. Um, oh, well, then that's why he's in the USFL. Well, yeah, and he got hurt. I think he tore his hamstring, and, and Seattle basically released him, and then Raiders had him on in for camp this past season, and he didn't even make the team, so... Yeah, he, he's 27, about to be 28. His NFL career is done, but it might be fun in the USFL. Give him a little shot, see what he looks like. Yeah, why not? Put some butts in some seats. Some butts in some seats is what it's all about. Enjoy the Mavs, or hopefully you enjoyed the Mavs. Maybe you'll hear from us again, and this is not the end of the conversation, or maybe it is. <laughs> we tune in tomorrow to see, because we don't even know. Yeah, what's funny is you guys will know immediately, because the ending is about to play. But for us, we don't know if the ending is about to play or if we're about to talk more in several hours. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.